0: Welcome to another episode of the Successful Fashion Freelancer Podcast. I am your host, Heidi, and I am here to share real industry insights into creating a career as a successful fashion freelancer. And I'm not talking about the air quote freelance work where you work for a brand for three months, on site, 40 hours a week, and you basically look and act like an employee, but you're a freelancer. Um, That work is actually fairly abusive in our industry. Uh, It's really great for the brand. It's not so great for you as the freelancer. Um, I talk about working true remote freelance opportunities where you work with a variety of clients that you choose on your own schedule when and where you want. In today's conversation, I am doing a strategy session with one of my Freelance Accelerator students, Leticia. Leticia is from France, she lives in Argentina, and she is a lingerie freelancer. Um, As part of being inside of my Freelance Accelerator program, Leticia had the opportunity to get on a strategy session with me that is a perk that my students get and in today's conversation i'm going to share just a bit of our strategy session where we talk about pricing this is probably one of the most common topics that comes up on strategy sessions and it is definitely one of the most common topics that people ask me about um, how to figure out your pricing how to make sure you're getting paid enough etc etc and in this conversation with leticia we talk about project pricing so she's not doing uh, hourly pricing because brands that she works with which is almost all exclusively startups they want project pricing because they want to know how much is this going to cost And have a hard set number for that so leticia is charging in her in her behind the scenes you know calculations she's putting her rate at about 50 euros per hour and then she calculates how many hours she thinks it's going to take the problem is that she always winds up spending more time and so she's realized that her rate comes out to about 25 to 35 euros an hour so leticia and i talk about two different strategies that she can use to bump that rate up to make sure that her project prices are sufficient and that she is earning that 50 euro an hour that she wants to earn based off of what she quotes so if you are trying to figure out your project pricing or you feel like you've done some project pricing and you're not happy with the actual rate that you're earning this portion of this strategy session is for you now if you want an opportunity for a strategy session or if you want to hear the rest of all of our strategy sessions we air pieces of them on the podcast. And then the entire strategy session is available to our Freelance Accelerator students. It is also an opportunity that our students get to get on a one on one strategy session with me. It's the only way to get direct access to me um, is being inside the Freelance Accelerator program. You can head on over to soheidi.com slash fast. That's F A S T. We will link it below in the show notes to find out more about Freelance Accelerator and becoming part of that program. And if you enjoy the Successful Fashion Freelancer podcast and you want more information on becoming a freelancer we have our best free content over at soheidi.com freelance you can head on over there and pop your name in to get the best of our free stuff um, to help you kick started. Um, one other thing that I mentioned earlier, but I'll just drop in right now is that I also had Luce, uh, Leticia talk a little bit about her day in the life of being a freelancer, which is really fun. She's been freelancing for about a year. Um, and she shares a little bit about what her life is like as a freelancer. Um, she used to own her own lingerie brand. That's how she got started in the industry. And so she talks a little bit about what it was like owning her own brand versus what it's been like as a freelancer, how the two, uh, compare and what she likes a little bit more about the freelancing lifestyle so after we talk about pricing um i popped that clip in for you guys to hear what her day in the life is like and i hope you enjoy it all right let's jump into this portion of my strategy session with leticia
1: here we go well uh as we were talking in the beginning it was um the thing about uh Making the, this kind of es- estimate of the time it would take me to uh, complete a project, and then realizing that I might be actually completely off, and <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I'm getting slightly better, but still, it's still not great. Yeah. And I mean, I'm lucky that I'm living in Argentina, where uh, well, I can not make as much money as in Europe and still live decently. But yeah. Like,
0: the cost of living is lower. Some point, yeah
1: yeah I, at some point I'd really like to end up making like the hourly rate that I'm planning on
0: yeah so you're planning on 50 euro an hour you said but but so theoretically I charge 50 euro an hour but I feel like it ends up being a lot less because it always takes me longer to do things than what I initially calculated so it winds up being between 25 to 35 euro an hour which you're actually making by the time you do the work is that right yeah okay yeah listen I talk about this a lot. Project-based pricing is hard. Yeah. It's an art. It is not a science. Okay? Um, years, I mean, you're a year into your freelance career. You're doing great. You're getting consistent work. You've got multiple clients, etc. cetera. Um, it is totally normal to still be in a learning curve as far as project-based pricing goes. Um It's tricky. Every client is a little bit different, right? Some clients need a little bit more time. Some projects take a little bit more time. There's more revisions, et cetera, et cetera. That's why I always tell people to start with hourly pricing. I'm not telling you to go backwards to hourly. And I say backwards. Arguably, it's not backwards. But I'm not telling you to do that. I know that some brands want project-based pricing. It's a lot easier for them to budget. So, you know, um, I mean... Years, years into my freelance career, I messed up on project prices. It just, it happens. Here's a couple things you can do. One, so you want to earn 50, you're earning about 25 to 35. So what you need to do is you need to say, okay, this has been happening for a year. I'm going to, whenever I put together a proposal, I'm in a increase it by 35 or 45 percent so if yeah, in my head
1: i've done right, lately yeah
0: is it helping
1: um i don't know because actually i've been sending the proposal but the the projects will, will be starting like next month so oh, for the okay. moment i'm not sure okay about so
0: it. you've implemented it but the projects haven't completed
1: okay yeah, exactly.
0: So that's the first and the easiest solution, right? Is just say, okay, if it's 10 out, if I think it's going to be 10, then I better estimate 15, right? Or 18. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and then calculate your project price based off of that. Um, yeah. Then the other thing that is really, really helpful to do that can feel really hard, but is really good. Um, Have you ever, let's say you do a project for someone, you do these seven tech packs, let's say, and you mm-hmm. do the tech packs. You initially estimated it at 150 euro per tech pack. And then after the project, you're like, gosh, that really took a lot longer. Have you gone back and talked to the client about that?
1: Um, the fact
0: that you may be undercharged.
1: I haven't actually. Uh yeah, no, I haven't, uh, mostly because it was um uh, when I've when this happened I realized and what I was doing because uh those clients are usually I know that a first collection is gonna take a while to get products and, and to get moving on to the next one. Mm-hmm. So usually I I did not do that mostly because I was uh Kind of waiting and seeing what was going to happen with this, like, with every company because they're just at their starting phase and, and yeah. you never know. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to be telling that if in six months they are not even in business anymore. So it doesn't make much sense. Yeah, um, but but you never know. So i was like, should I tell them? Should I not? And uh, and uh, what I'm realizing now is that maybe I should tell them anyway. But, yeah, I was uh, a little bit with that doubt.
0: Okay, so I think you have a good point. And I I can see that you really thought this through. Like, um, okay, they're a startup. If they do need tech packs again, it's not going to be at least for, like, six months. Um, at which point it's enough time for you to then say, hey, you know, last time we did it for 150 I have to be honest, it took a little bit longer. And I've, I've maybe I've raised my prices since then, too, or however you want to say yeah. it. And it's going to be 225 or whatever the number is. Um, yeah. That is an option for sure. Um, I'll tell you the other strategy because I think it can still be really valuable. And and when and if you start working with, you know, more established brands and they might have tech packs this week and then they might have tech packs, you know, next week or next month yeah. for another project, right? Um, I and. And I'll tell you why. In my personal experience, I've always felt it can be better to talk about it right in the moment than wait. Here's why. You as a freelancer, you finish the tech packs, you do a great job, your client's really, really happy with the work. You bring it up right then. As soon as the project has finished, as soon as you've given them a really great set of tech packs and they've paid, hey, you know, thank you so much. It was really awesome working with you on these tech packs. Um, I really love doing the project. I wanna be totally honest with you that, you know, I underestimated the amount of work that went in a little bit. I am absolutely happy to have done it for this rate this time because that's what I quoted you and I wanna stay honest to my word about what I quoted. But I just want to also give you a heads up going forward so that you can plan accordingly and that you're not, like, surprised by a price increase that I would have to adjust the price to two twenty five, dollars whatever the number, you feel is good, Um, just to compensate me for the the amount of time that went in. Again, it was totally my oversight, and I underestimated, um, and I just don't want you to be surprised by any pricing in the future. This works really well because first of all, you've just given them a great product. You've given them these awesome tech packs. So as far as their emotional level, you guys are in a moment of like, they're very happy. So this is a great time to have a discussion like this. Beyond that, they're gonna instantly feel like they got a good deal, right? And that you immediately noticed right then that, hey, my pricing was a little bit off. I'm gonna adjust it next time. If you bring it up in six months, they might feel like, oh, this freelancer just got too expensive for me and she just wants to charge a lot more. And they're, and they're, it can just set a bad tone initially, right? Because the first thing you're doing is you're yeah. talking about, I increase my price. And six months ago was when they had that really good experience with you where they got the really good tech packs. That emotion has faded of how great yeah. you were to work with, okay? And so when you do it right at the end of a really successful project, their emotional space is like prime. And then they also know that you're, it just can feel a lot more authentic that like you are raising the price based on that specific project and the workload. You're not making some arbitrary decision six months in the future to raise the price because you want to. So it can just feel a little bit more of like an honest price increase. And listen, at the end of the day, you don't have to justify your price increases to anybody. You're a business and you charge what you want to charge. But we do still need to be mindful of how our clients feel, right? I always talk about that, like I think it was, is it Maya Angelou that says like people remember, people don't remember what you said, they remember how you made them feel. And so, yeah. right, you want to make sure they feel really good. And I think they can feel a lot better with the price increase, excuse me, you letting them know about the future price increase right then versus six months down the road. What do you think about yeah. that?
1: Yeah, no, no, that that does feel, um, well, that, that does feel, <coughs> excuse me, I've been sick last week. That's okay. Um, it feels more. Uh, let me say like thoughtful about them and their future budget because yeah it's it's the the nerve of everything yeah so yeah basically they they need uh they need clarity on that
0: yeah because you don't want them for six months to plan that it's going to be 150 dollars, and then all of a sudden you're like actually yeah. it's gonna be 225 that can be a lot of money if you're doing multiple styles mm-hmm. if you tell them yeah. now then they know the whole time that it's going to be that so it's, yeah, it's all exactly. right. You don't they're want to shock it. them. You want to prevent yeah. shocking them as much as possible. And this is just a great way to do it. So yeah. I would I would highly recommend that even if you don't think that they're gonna return for six or twelve months, or even if they may never return, it's even just a great opportunity for you to practice that conversation. And this is a conversation yeah. too, I would have voice to voice.
1: Yeah, and and maybe also it's it's good for them to hear um, how long it actually takes yeah. to make the contact yeah. packs and everything. Totally. Yeah, people
0: don't right. People never, never realize that, and 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 you want to make sure that they appreciate what actually goes into it. So yeah, that's how I would handle the the situation with your pricing right so first of all you did say you already adjusted your price your your estimates going forward so i'm confident that's mm-hmm. going to make an effect and then you add this in and your second year of freelancing i i feel very sure that you're going to start making a lot more money per hour with quotes right since you're charging per project but your yeah. actual hours that you put in and um, then what you did your first year and guess what you're still going to mess up again it's a constant learning yeah. <laughs> curve it's a learning curve for life yeah. it really is So know that and be
1: okay with that. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. That does feel good to know.
0: Um, I would love to just hear what your day as a freelancer is like. So paint, paint a picture for like your day in the life of a freelancer.
1: Okay, so actually, um, I'm not an early riser. <laughs> I don't like to wake up before 8, so yeah. I wake up at 8 in the morning. And then uh, it's, uh, yeah, breakfast. I like to write in the morning, so yeah, a little bit of writing and reading. Yeah. And then I start working, uh, usually up until 4 in the afternoon. And this is the time when I go riding my horse. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's all. I'll go riding and take care of my horse. And yeah. then uh, if I'm really booked with, uh, like, deadlines, I can work a little bit more uh, when I come back. And yeah. uh, then dinner and uh, sometimes seeing some friends and that's it. Yeah. What do you read and write in the mornings? Um actually I started writing when I did um I wrote uh, I read the um, uh The Artist Way Oh so, I've heard of it
0: I haven't yeah
1: Yeah <laughs> it's it's really great Yeah So it's basically a brain dump three pages of brain dump in yeah. the morning Yeah and uh and it just frees uh your mind to uh yeah. feel a little bit more uh at peace and a little bit more um and say so at ease during the day. Yeah, and uh, and then I like to read mostly because I like to. Uh, I've got this little challenge that I give myself that is about uh, reading about twenty-five books a year.
0: Oh wow, that's a book
1: so, every two yeah. weeks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I was like, if I wait until night to read, I'm usually way <laughs> too tired and I don't do it. Yeah. So twenty-five pages every morning, and then here we go. Yeah.
0: So are you on track? Because it's the middle it's the middle of 2022. Are you about twelve books uh, in?
1: Yeah. I'm yeah, I'm twelve books in, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's good. You're on track. Yeah. What I'm, kind of I'm two books late, but yeah. That's okay. okay. You're fine. <laughs>
0: You're doing great. What kind of stuff are you reading?
1: Uh it depends. I'm reading a lot of different stuff. Sometimes it's um it's business books, sometimes okay. it's philosophy, sometimes it's uh just just uh well, uh, how do you say that? Like, uh, stories, just a novel. <laughs> yeah. Novel. And then, uh, sometimes like self-help books. It yeah. really depends. Yeah. Yeah.
0: A lot of different stuff. Yeah. totally.
1: I love that.
0: I love how you're, you're building your days. You're like, I don't want to wake up early. So I'm not going to, I'm going to get up and I'm going <laughs> to do, you're going to write and read, do stuff that really helps set you up for success and reach some of your personal goals. You work yeah. and you ride your horse every day. It sounds yeah. like a really great day. It is.
1: <laughs> it <Yeah>. is. <laughs>
0: Did you work in the industry previous to being a freelancer?
1: Actually, I had my brand. Uh, I oh, you had a brand. A, yeah, I started a lingerie brand here in Argentina. Okay. And uh, that's how I, I got in the business. Okay. You didn't um, go to school,
0: you didn't work in the industry?
1: I. No, I didn't go to school, I didn't work in the industry. So yeah, sometimes there is a bit of an impostor syndrome. Yeah. In there. <laughs> yeah. it gets uh mixed in the way, but I'm trying to deal with it. Yeah. And uh, And uh yeah, so it's uh it's been like years of owning a brand with uh what it means to uh to work uh in Argentina, which is a kind of difficult country for for industry. So yeah. yeah. There was that. And this was the main reason why I stopped. And uh, and uh, I then started doing freelance work here. Um, but it got really exhausting mostly because I was doing everything and at a local rate that is really low. So like, mm. okay, this is not sustainable. I'm just going to exhaust myself and, uh, okay. and never have the life that I want, which yeah. is the life that I'm living right now. Yeah.
0: And so are you mostly
1: working with brands in like Europe? Yeah, mostly in France. I've got uh, one brand in the US right now. And uh, I had one in Australia that uh, disappeared along the way. But yeah, yeah, mostly mostly French brands, yeah. Okay, cool. Have you connected with Sophia Lusson? I have actually, yeah.
0: Okay, because your stories are very similar. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you heard, heard her on the podcast. Around, right? Yeah, what's that? Like she lives
1: in in Germany,
0: right? Where does she live? No, she lives in. She's like from Sweden, but she lives in Spain or something. Oh,
1: okay. And she no, had so her I'm, own lingerie thinking, brand. No, I was.
0: And now she freelances. Oh,
1: no. Okay. Yeah. No, I was thinking about. Um, lucia who is from lucia argentina, living the textile in, designer in germany
0: okay yeah yeah that's right she's from argentina living in germany um no sophia Luzon, um i think her episode has aired by now i'm pretty sure okay. it has
1: well i'm gonna check it out
0: yeah and so i think i'm pretty sure i'm getting it right she's from sweden lives in spain and she had her own lingerie brand didn't go to fashion school, no professional experience, no industry experience like in, in another brand, and now she's a freelancer. So it's just interesting. Your stories are really similar. Um, I'm curious to know, like, what what's different between running your own brand versus, versus freelancing?
1: Um, well, first of all, uh, quality of life. Yeah, like how? <laughs> uh, like, I actually have time for other things than work yeah um and when I had my own brand I had to have another job another well I was not working full-time but almost full-time and uh I was working like 32 hours a week so oh, quite yeah. a bit yeah I yeah I had uh two jobs and I was also teaching lingerie design and uh and uh um, pattern drafting laundry pattern drafting at the same time wow so yeah and they, did you
0: it, it do that like, to financially make things work
1: exactly okay so yeah because i needed some constant cash flow to invest in the in the brand and okay. uh, we don't really have um, like uh, business angels or or um, like seed money investment uh, in Argentina. yeah, yeah. yeah. So we don't really have this, these kind of options. So it was like, if you want to make it work, you're going to find a solution on your own. Yeah. So, yeah. How long
0: did you do it for?
1: Um, from 2014, uh, until, well, for five years. Yeah. Okay. Five years. Yeah.
0: And still, even after five years, it's really hard to make it like profitable enough where like you're actually making money to support yourself.
1: Yeah. 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 It's It's just hard. It's just hard. So, yeah.
0: Versus, like, a year freelancing, you're making money. Obviously, you want to make more, which is totally fair. Um, (laughs) But you're making money and you have, like, a better quality of life. You're working less. And you're not having to juggle an extra job. Exactly. That's life-changing.
1: It is. It is, truly.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Successful Fashion Freelancer Podcast. This was a clip from one of my strategy sessions with Leticia, who is a student inside my freelance accelerator program and has used the strategies I teach in there to build her successful fashion freelancer career. If you wanna hear the full strategy session with all of the students that I do, and if you want your opportunity to get on a one-on-one strategy session with me, um, it is the only way you can get direct access to me is inside my freelance accelerator program We will link that up below it's so heidi.com slash fastFAST and I would love to share more information about that program with you as always I've got my best free content over on so slash freelance again linked up in the show notes check that out for all my free resources and if you're on Instagram hit me up I'm over there at So heidi um, and uh, yeah if you enjoy the podcast and you like what you hear a review on apple podcasts or wherever you're listening or give give us a follow to make sure that we can keep you up to date on the latest episodes um wherever you follow make sure to subscribe and uh now i'm doing this blabbering thing i'm really trying to wing these intros and outros you guys i i don't know i listen to a lot of podcasts and i listen to what people talk about in the intros and outros and i I kind of cringe at like the really structured, you know, very strategic ones. And I like when people just kind of talk. So I will try to not babble too much. But uh, again, thank you so much for listening. And again, thank you to multiple people behind the scenes. Um, Tara, Daniel, Brittany, my husband, Mark, who helped make the podcast possible and get everything out to you guys and help coordinate all the guests. I really, really appreciate you guys. And uh, yeah, thank you so much to you for listening, and I will talk to you in the next episode. Bye!